Hello everybody and welcome to Brumbagoon, you will not get there on a road bike. So, thanks a lot for listening to me, thanks a lot to Open for supporting me with the Open Up for this season. And I'm still riding this amazing machine. And uh, yes, I'm freezing my feet off because it's pretty cold here in Zurich. And if you want to support this podcast, please go to iTunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast, Spotify, TuneIn or whatever you think is better. Subscribe to it. And if you have the possibility, please rate and give a comment or whatever it is to the podcast. It's going to help me on getting a bit more eye on all the charts. But I'm fast. Why I'm so fast? Because today I'm talking of the one of the topics that I like to talk the most. And I'm not talking about only bicycles. So if you see me all around dining with people or having a beer or whatever, you will figure it out that the first topic that I usually touch base is cycling, of course. The second one is menstrual cycle, fertility, or whatever it is. Why that? Because I am really keen on giving my point of view on uh, gender equality and uh, to something like give a bit more of awareness on period, uh, menstruation, fertility and everything like this. Because I think that this is the only way to stop being sexist first and to really get to the gender equality in order to have best condition for everybody we need to try to get a perfect balance between women and men. Because of this passion of mine, actually, I started working for a company that is more or less in the field. So when I've seen into the Instagram story of Catherine, Catherine Moore, how Catherine are you doing? That she was writing an article for bikepacking.com talking about menstruation and how to deal with period during a bike packing travel well i thought we need to do this we need to get an interview together because this is a topic that is really close to my heart and i really want to mix everything together menstruations and cycling she made it for bikepacking.com you will find it if you go to bikepacking.com and you will find actually on the slide her, her article, anyways, the link is in the description here below. She wrote an amazing, really kind of article and guide together. And also you can see the amazing illustrations by Adeline Omoro. Hopefully I spell it correctly. Also, this amazing artist is the author of the uh, cover image of this podcast as well. And also she is linked below with her Instagram account. I contacted Catherine, we sat down together and we had this amazing talk about periods during bike packing trips. Now you sit down and you listen to that and then you comment it here in the description below or you join the conversation in the bikepacking.com and then I will talk to you later. Long story short. I was on at the office, probably. Can I say this? Yes, I was at the office. And uh, I don't know if you people know out there that I work for a company that talks about um, cycle tracking, fertility and things. And I was checking at the office my Instagram account. I was scrolling through Instagram stories and somebody that I follow for a bit of time now, I've been following for a bit of time, was cycling related. Uh, was talking exactly about the same topic of my office, of my working environment, so cycle period, menstrual period, but a bit more related to cycling. And then I said, okay, this could be a perfect thing that I can link everything together and I can talk about that on the broom wagon. So the person that I'm talking about that popped up and kicked off with this topic is Catherine Moore that today is here on the mic. Hi, Catherine, how are you doing? Hi, very well, thanks. How are you? I am really good, and I think I'm going to mispronounce uh, your name a lot of times. No. Are you okay with that? <laughs> no, you got it perfect. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry for that. Yeah, I do it all the time, even with the easiest one. But yeah, <laughs> I was built in this way. So probably, I don't know, I think that everybody out there knows you and whom I'm talking with today, but probably Catherine, if you want, you can make a short intro about yourself. I doubt it. Um, I'm a cyclist. 
Um, I'm a digital creative type person. Um, I've been in the bike industry for a couple of years now. Um, and my real thing is gravel and bikepacking. That's where I'm happiest. Um, so I spent a couple of years, well, working for a tour guiding company um, and bike shops and then a couple of years at GCN or Global Cycling Network where I had some cool adventures and now I'm sort of um, winging it (laughs) on my own if you like and doing some writing and freelance um, bits and pieces so yeah that's me. Perfect so you're talking about you're doing some writing some freelancing you were used to be in the GCN uh, channel but everything seems like it's starting from the gravel riding. Why everything? Why gravel? Um, oh, that's a really good question. Um, I've been doing it a couple of years now. I sort of fell into it by accident. Um, I managed to get onto a trip with Pinnacle Bikes, who are the in-house uh, brand of Evan Cycles here in the UK. And they were launching a 10th anniversary bike um, with all bells and whistles. It was really cool. Um, I'm making a video about it up in the Cairngorms and I sort of managed to get onto this trip. But I'd never ridden gravel before. I think I'd mountain biked once or twice and ended up doing this three-day bikepacking trip around the Cairngorms, which was absolutely amazing. But I cannot tell you how terrified I was, especially at the start, because my first ever road crash was on gravel. Just you know, the classic braking whilst going around a gravelly corner. And um, it, it took a little while to get used to it. And I've never really looked back since. I think I think it's the fact that you can get away from the roads and the traffic, which we have a lot of here in Bristol in the UK. Um, and you can get to these really remote places, which is just beautiful. I love the wildlife um, and just the traveling aspect and just getting really wild and remote and the overnighters. Um, and you're just getting into it yourself, Stefano, with your new bike. So how are you finding it? Yeah, well, I can tell you that I actually got to know something about uh, gravel cycling. It was last year when I got my first gravel bike and it was a 3T Explorer. And then I started something like exploring here around, so close to Zurich and blah, 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 blah. And I loved it. And then I went also to a couple of events. One of those was in Mallorca and it was really great and amazing. And then also in France and whatever. But it didn't really, you know what, it didn't really hit me so much because I was already, when I was on a gravel bike, I was actually training and riding in order to tackle the mountains with my road bike in spring. But then this year, when I ended up my, let's say, road season on the road, I actually understood that actually it's fun for sure to go on tarmac, uphill and everything. But the point is that there are really too many cars and the sound of adventure is not as good as with a gravel bike. So by the end of the season, I said, end of the season, already when I was in um, in Kyrgyzstan following the Silk Road Monterey, I thought, okay, now I have to, got, to get back in the gravel side of the world and try to hold it as much as I can because really going up hills in, I don't know, trails, single trail, double trails, or just walking path where really you can enjoy nature and just listening people speaking because they are walking or birds singing or stuff like this is way more intense than going on maybe epic and uh, super cool climbs, but with a lot of cars where you have to stay 100% on your bike, otherwise you're going to be hit by a car. And yeah, the exploring taste is completely different, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were mentioning before uh, that you were for a bit of time also with the GCN network. And okay, many videos I've watched <laughs> of you there. Uh, I remember a presentation of the TCR. Um, I remember an interview with James Aiden as well on the network. I remember um the la cha- the challenge on the angreiru in spain <laughs> where you were taking a small detour but probably the one that i remember the most it was yourself at dirty kansa 200 and i remember two things on that video the first thing that you were saying i have a 4042 gear and i'm not scared of you <laughs> and this is amazing yeah. and the second one yourself drinking the pickle oh, juice oh god <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. You can tell me more about oh, the two so things. Awful. So we did a couple of videos um, in sort of preparation for Dirty Kansas. And 
the wonderful thing about GTN is that there's a viewership all over the world. And there are a lot of people from Kansas or people that have done the dirty cans before saying, um, it's really hot and you lose a lot of salt through your sweat. Drink the pickle juice. It'll help you keep hydrated and you won't suffer with cramps. Um, I've, I never suffer with cramps. I guess I'm blessed. Um, and I had some electrolyte anyway, so it wasn't really a problem, but, um, I thought just to humor these people, I'd try it. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it tasted really bad. So, um, does it work? And then, ah, yeah, you told me that anyways, you don't have, I mean, I don't get cramps anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but you never know. Probably don't drinking it, you wouldn't add those. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, it's not something that I'd go and do again. (laughs) You're not going to do it anymore. And that says a lot, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect, perfect. Well, this was just a curiosity. I could not go away from this question. Sorry for that. (laughs) No problem. Um, maybe we can start for with the main conversation. Mm-hmm. So you told us before that you are writing about bikepacking, writing about um, yeah, ultra endurance races and everything like this. And I just got to know through your social media that you were writing uh, on bikepacking.com this amazing article about women, periods, menstrual periods, and bike packing and uh, as i'm not making so much mess it seems like last week it just went out on bikepacking.com if i'm planning all the episode correctly yeah tell us more about the background about it was it your idea somebody asked you to work about that it was something like people around that were raising the conversation which one is the background on that um that's a good question i guess i've always really enjoyed writing about difficult things Um, So I've written in the past about um, eating difficulties and I've written in the past about depression Um, and to be frankly honest they're both things that I've struggled with and I've been really, it's a difficult one, really humbled with the response, not in a good way because you find out that people are also having problems but actually if you can help people and you can actually destigmatize these things by talking about them I think that's super important and selfishly it's really cathartic for me um, so I've always always really enjoyed talking about these tricky things and challenging people's thoughts on them um, and I can't really remember the point I think I was just thinking about it and we're really lucky that we have things like world mental health days where people are starting to talk more about these things and they're becoming destigmatized and I read a statistic that um, one in four people in the UK suffer with mental health issues every year. And that's like a huge proportion, 25%. And I was thinking, what about periods? They're not um, an illness. It's something that's totally natural um, and actually an indicator of of good function in the body. But we still can't talk about it, especially um, in cycling, in in an industry or in a sport that's so male dominated. And I thought, like, why is this? Um, and why isn't anyone talking about it? And especially relating to bikepacking, where it's typically like longer distance and longer duration or races. Um, and I started looking online, and I couldn't find anything. So I thought, well, let's make it happen. Um, and started speaking to the editors behind bikepacking.com. And they were really keen. So I was like, fantastic. People actually want to talk about this. Um, and sort of went from there, really, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's really interesting. And I really like the point that you were saying, something like, um, seems like 25% of people are struggling with mental health mm. problems, for sure. But yeah, periods is something that is really, if we can put it in this way, but affecting 50% of the population. Affecting And still nobody talks. Adult, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, that's something that nobody talks about, and that's pretty bad. It seems like all the time, as I was saying, also for my daily job, I listen to these things so much, everything related to period, everything related yeah. to fertility, everything related for to contraception, and all these kind of things. seems like, I don't know, there are things that are put on the side where you can only talk about it in closed rooms between a couple or between, I don't know, only women yeah. rooms or with girlfriends and stuff. 
doesn't make a lot of sense because actually this is for sure something that as as main character women but it's something that is also affecting everybody of us yeah. i don't know thinking about okay just putting everything back into the bikepacking and cycling part hopefully we all have companions in cycling that are girls women uh, hopefully everybody of us is sharing the same passion of cycling with uh i don't know a girl or another person or whatever so yeah. that's really something that we need to talk about because it's something that is really close to everybody and hiding it as a taboo it's really weird yeah and it's something that i've been really amazed by and i should really thank you for for taking this on board and and deciding to speak about it on your podcast because it's it's so important not just for people that are menstruating but for everyone to understand um and i've been really amazed and really really happy um with the feedback that I've had just by talking about it on social media and asking people to come forward with their experiences because it is so unique to each person. And I really wanted to have a really wide variety of voices in this article. Um, I've had so many guys um, message and be like, oh, I'm looking forward to this, you know, or tell me about maybe experiences that their partner or partners have or have had. Um, And loads of people that aren't directly affected, um, they're really keen to learn. And even like had some really funny conversations in the pub with guys who are like, what was that thing in your picture? Is it some sort of shiwi? <laughs> and, um, and their wives wouldn't tell them what it was, which is, which is mad, um, in my opinion. So just, it's just education. And I think um, Maybe one of the reasons why it's not talked about so much is because people think it's it's funny or to joke about it. We've all had that embarrassing experience where you go to take something out of your handbag and like a tampon flies out in front of a load of people. <laughs> um, and I think the more people know and understand about it, the less the less there is to joke about or to or the less stigma there is because everybody's on the same page. Yeah, um, I really like these points, actually. You're saying that probably at the moment, something like with the tampons just flips out from <laughs> your bag or I don't know, you have it. Maybe that would just be it. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. Also, I don't know, I'm thinking about when you have in one of your back pockets, something can come out, you know, you're taking yeah. out the bar and something comes out. And then it's actually people react like laughing or making jokes or that. Well, I really believe that there are two ways and two different stars springs on... No, it's not irony, actually, but something I'm having fun of these kind of things. One is when you want to actually put the things on the side, hide it, and don't take it so seriously. And on the other time, uh, the other side is when you make you can make real irony, real sarcasm, mm. real things out of these things because you know the topic, and now it becomes be it becomes being pretty common. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would love to move everything on this side because there's nothing weird, nothing to hide, nothing. No nothing that happens you know it's not sickness it's not something it's just that we need all need to be to have a bit more of awareness on menstrual periods on periods and fertility and everything and then we can start making jokes on that yeah. on that i've started it's talk- like learning a language sorry i've started talking about it really openly um since doing this research i actually <laughs> i found a gif on uh instagram stories it's like a little hand and it says i pledge to talk about periods and i was like yeah (laughs) I'm done with that and I've been talking really openly about my experiences and other people's um just with like my boyfriend with my housemate with other guys in my cycling club and they're fascinated I think because nobody talks about it um and it's something for a lot of people that they don't experience it's it's just really interesting more than anything so I'm hoping that there'll be a lot of people listening to this that are perhaps in that position and just want to learn something so that they can support their friends better. Yeah, exactly. And that they are open to talk and we can start also maybe a conversation on that. I can imagine already, I don't know, uh, in the comments, in the social media where we are going to launch it, in the comments of the bikepacking.com article. Yeah. The more we talk, the better it is. I don't care if people are talking because of this podcast, because of the article, because you were talking, because somebody else is sharing something. The important thing is really spreading the awareness of it around and continue to talk about that. Um, we can take all access. Actually, I have been reading your article and seems like actually you structured the article 
and we can talk about this topic on three different layers. Mm -hmm. uh, the first of all is what we are talking already about at the moment is awareness. Then we have, actually, if we want to divide the chances, awareness, um, what to do and what not to do during peers or what you can do whatever actually and on the other side which one are the practical solution in order to get to feel a bit better on the bike yeah. in this period maybe we can start with the awareness as i was saying we are already uh talking about that but apart from ourselves talking on the microphone at the moment you writing it in backpacking.com all of us spreading this information on social media talking about that with family friends group of people what can you can we do, do you think, more than that? And how can we really raise the awareness on the topic? There's nothing weird, um, as I was saying. I guess that's a good question. And it's very individual. Um, some people, like myself, I guess, really enjoy talking about it. And it's just like talking about your own mental health. It's really fucking hard. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't swear. <laughs> it's it's really okay, hard. it's okay. <laughs> it's really hard to start with. But once you get the ball rolling, it becomes easier and easier. Um, some people don't want to talk about it and that's totally fine. Um, I think just, just education so that you know how to deal with a friend that is perhaps not going through the best time. And I think something that's really important to bear in mind is that it's not the effects that it can have on people, menstruation, um, it's not just when people are actually bleeding. So during that time of having a period, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of people out there right now nodding furiously. Um, but it can actually have lots of other effects throughout the cycle, but especially in the week before. So um, what people tend to class as PMS or PMT, which is premenstrual stress or tension. Um, and that can have a number of different effects. Um, check out the article for the full, full list. But typically, and, and speaking from personal experience, I guess, it's more um, mood related energy levels um and just yeah tension and stress <laughs> and that's something that you carry through your whole life whether that's just in your personal life in your relationships or at work um and I was having a hilarious chat with somebody um at the weekend who um who has a colleague who when she's in that phase of her cycle they will literally put a swearing sign <laughs> on her <laughs> desk so people know like just to be be nice extra nice and take care and maybe make her an extra cup of tea um and i think that's that's really special because they've obviously recognized that are accepting it which is a big part of it and um and are able to talk about it and take measures in place to to make it a little bit more comfortable for that person yeah 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 it makes a lot of sense maybe i have a small think about that that i'm thinking about and Tell me if my conclusion or my thing, it's my comment, it's a bit weird. Just stop me. That's the problem. <laughs> the point is that I truly believe talking about menstruation and talking about period that is pretty a huge, um, yeah, sexist thing on referring to women that are angry or whatever, not in the perfect mood or, I don't know, acting a bit more in a with a bit more of personality than somebody else or whatever. Okay, shut up. You are too angry. Probably you are in your period. That's act actually not the thing, or probably ex that's exactly the thing. The point is that we all have our moment and our period, all of them, I mean, women and men, on our life when we are a bit more moody, a bit more aggressive, a bit more nervous or whatever. For sure, this is something that happens can happen every month for women, but can happen also several times in the, in the month also for men. So I take the piss out of my boyfriend and tell him that he's menstruating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> but yeah, like mood swings or, you know, things happen in your life and there will be ups and downs. It's just about supporting people, whoever it is, whether they are menstruating or not, whether they cycle or not. It's just about compassion, I think. Yeah, yeah, because... I would say that actually in all the li in all our life or whatever, uh, hormones are really making an effect on our life for sure. But the point is the point is that hormones are having this effect on our body and on our attitudes and stuff. But the point is that can also be something else. Can be the stress, 
can be everything. Yeah. I can tell you, for example, that when I'm stressed, I actually I usually start laughing as crazy as I can. Or <laughs> uh, w- the hormones really hit me. I don't know. I'm talking about endorphins and stuff. When I'm doing some long rides, really stressful ones on my body, I tend to cry pretty often. Yeah. Do you think that is a thing that is only for men and only for women? No, it's not. So I would say stop using this kind of thing all around on the really sexist thing. Or okay, you have your period, so that's why uh, you're acting like this. Everybody's acting in a weird way. So it's just a point of that, not pointing at it, but just understanding. Yeah. That's the main point. Yeah. Or maybe just own it. <laughs> you know, oh, for example, maybe maybe just if people are aware, you're like yeah by the way guys like i'm out today but um i'm actually at a point in the month where i'm feeling a bit like this and then people are aware of it and they can make and i'm not saying that everybody has to go out and tell their friends oh by the way today i'm on day 18 and therefore (laughs) (laughs) if it works for you then it's a bit like going on a a ride with some people that you've never met before and just making them aware of maybe your ability how you're feeling about um being able to keep up or you know just making people aware of where you're at can't be a bad thing i think yeah it's just spreading not the information but something like spreading the culture that all of us can have up and down and actually the period is something that happens in the life of everybody but of women in this case and uh, yeah something like spreading the awareness i think is a great thing and starting talking about that so everybody's gonna probably stop talking of these things something like to hit somebody else or to hurt somebody else i would say um moving on the second step of this uh topic that we how we can tackle this topic is um what to do during periods i just make something like a small intro on that so we all grew up in a situation where we need to uh, take care about this part of the month in a particular way but what is it actually what can we really what can you really do during a period okay um well there's loads of different things and again just to reiterate that it's different for everyone everyone will have um different ways that they find their period affects them. I'm trying not to use the word symptoms because I feel like that's more associated with an illness. And it's really important to remember that um, it's it's not an illness. It's a sign that your body is functioning really well. Um, so I guess the, like traditional methods have always been towels or pads um, and tampons. So they're disposable things. Um, Thankfully, I think there's some more brands coming along that are making them more um, biodegradable and more like um, environmentally friendly, which is good. Um, the, I, I guess the issue with these two is that they absorb blood once it's left your body. So um, that's when the blood meets the air, starts to oxidize, and then you start to get smells. Um, so if you are... Uh, bikepacking several days for example that can be unpleasant and I guess as everybody knows with the chamois you probably don't want to you certainly don't want to be wearing pants for most people um so the thought of putting a pad in your chamois like that just doesn't sound comfortable at all um it's also I learned something by talking to people um that aren't necessarily of my um age or life experience um some women who have had children and have had childbirths that have been particularly uncomfortable or maybe they've needed a bit of intervention, it can be a little bit painful to use methods like tampons or menstrual cups, which involve insertion into the body. Um, so again, they're not for everyone either. Um, so I guess tampons and towels are the, the like default, it's certainly what I was brought up using. Um, and I guess if you're bikepacking, you just have to remember that you've got to pack enough <laughs> and then you've got to pack them out of wherever you are. So if you're somewhere really remote, um, you're going to need to have some sort of bag that you can put them in. And I found a really handy tip online. You can either use um, tea bags or crushed up aspirin. And if you put those in the bag that you're going to be putting your used uh, sanitary items in, it'll help to neutralize the odor because then you're obviously going to have to take them with you. So it's not very pleasant. Um, And I read all sorts of scary stuff about bear country, (laughs) Um, which I have to admit is completely foreign to me. Um, And I sort of skipped over. 
Um, but yeah, I'm sure you can look up a lot more on that online. Um, so that's the basics. And then there's loads of other physical things that you can use. So a menstrual cup is something that I was introduced to a couple of years ago and has been a total game changer. So this is probably the, the image that you saw on my Instagram. Um, it's a little silicon cup. It looks kind of like a funnel um, and it collects rather than absorbs blood. So you inside, insert it up your vagina and um, it collects blood. Because the blood hasn't left your body, there's no odor, which is great. And then um, there's also no risk or much lower risk of toxic shock syndrome, which you get with tampons. So tampons you have to change every four hours, whereas these you can leave up to 12. So if you're um, at the, maybe the beginning or the end of your period and it's really light, um, you can leave it for much longer, which is really great. And um, if you're out in the wild or whatever, all you need to do is dig a little cat hole, just as if you're going for number two, <laughs> and, um, and pour it in there and cover it over and wash it out with some water. So it's really good in the fact that you don't have to take all of this stuff with you. You don't have need loads and loads of supplies because it's reusable. And um, apart from carrying it out with you, if you finished your period, is there's no waste um, to take with you. So that's um, tampons, towels and cups. There's also um, wearable pants that you can get now um, from a number of different brands like Thinks and Molly Body. Um, so these are reusable. You just put them in the um, laundry and it's like an inbuilt pad or towel. Um, so lots of people use them in combination with like cup, for example. Um, probably not the best on the bike because like I said before, you might not um, want to use them with a chamois, but it could be handy for like use, using in the evenings, for example. And then I guess a lot of the other things that you can do are less on the physical lines. So um, things like apps, um, and this is probably something that you'll be quite familiar with with your work in cycling. Yeah, yeah. Cycling. <laughs> in, yeah, <laughs> in the cycle there. part of the work. <laughs> yeah. Um, and these are not only for tracking your period, so you know when to expect it. So if you've got a certain thing planned, you know whether you're going to be on or not. Um, but also you can record things like your mood and irritability. Um, you can record things like any pains or any other feelings. Um, and I'm using a really amazing app at the moment, which I would really recommend called Fitter Woman. And it's a period tracking app that's been designed by researchers um, to do with sport and menstruation. So it actually tells you at different points in your cycle when you're going to be best to do intense exercise, when it's best to rest a bit, um, what's your recovery capacity, etc. So that's really fascinating. And I think it's a bit of a crime, to be honest, that um, in all the decades of competitive um, female athletics or any sport, how few, um, how few coached athletes are actually consulted on their period and have training that uh, that's in line with their monthly cycle. So that's really important. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then a few other things. So certain contraceptives actually mean that you don't get um, a bleed. You might still have cycling hormones. Um, it really depends what it is that you're using. I know that some athletes choose to use certain contraceptives so that you can avoid having a period or a bleed. Um, and I'm by no means a medical professional, so I can't really advise much on those. Um, but I guess I just suggest talking to your doctor about exactly what you do. Um, I personally used um, a tablet when I went and did a really big hike when I was aged 18 in the, in the Atlas Mountains, Morocco. Um, because I really, really didn't want to have my period then. <laughs> um, really far from everything. Um, and it was just a, a tablet that you took for a week, so it prevented it happening. Um, but that's a very sort of short-term solution, perhaps, in that specific situation. And then longer-term contraceptives can, can, again, mean that you don't have a cycle or you just don't bleed. Um, 
There's a few more things that I list in the article about foods that can make a massive difference. That's a super important thing. When I was reading it, I was no. thinking, okay, yes, because obviously you need something like different source of nutrition because you're out, you're backpacking or whatever, but also you are in a different period of your month. Of so I found it pretty interesting. And I found that really fascinating, like certain foods to try and get enough of and certain foods to avoid, like not having a spicy curry because it might irritate your stomach. And it's particularly sensitive at that time. I'd have never thought about that. <laughs> um, so I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah. Um, and do you know what? Speaking to people, which have been fantastic from all over the world and all different walks of life, um, the one thing that I think is most important, perhaps, is just acceptance. Hmm. So this is a thing that happens to my body. It's going to happen. Do you know what? It's going to happen whilst I'm backpacking or it's going to happen whilst I'm at home working. Um, and just being mindful of it and going along with it and trying to do what you can to make yourself feel good, but not pressurizing yourself into setting a PUB or doing the biggest tour that you've ever done. Um, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe being accepting that you're going to be a bit slower and you're going to feel a bit rough, but that's just how it is rather than letting it grind you down too much. Yeah. Um, and I was speaking to a friend who's currently touring, well, all the way to India, which is madness. <laughs> wow. From UK to, in, uh, to India. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, with her other half. And so they've been going for months. You can't just avoid um, your period um, if that's something that happens for you. Um, and she says, yeah, they'll carry on and they'll ride those days. But they just know that it's going to take a bit longer. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's perfect. Another amazing thing that I read from your article is also super related to the acceptance and is help out when you, we are together in a group, doing backpacking in a group or just a group ride that takes, I don't know, uh, five hours or two hours or whatever. It's just help yourself out. That's something that yeah. we need to do anyways, but... Also, really related to the thing that we were saying at the beginning is that just don't underestimate. Actually, probably you can say that on the compassion and help yourself mm -hmm. out. So, yeah, it's something like don't underestimate something like a nice word or just a writing together with a chat when the situation becomes a bit yeah. rough. And uh, I know I do it personally. I put, my, put pressure on myself to ride a certain number of times a week or some people do a certain distance, but... Um, maybe just being like, okay, I'm not going to ride today and that's fine. Mm. Um, and there's lots of other different things that you can do if you want to do something like um, Pilates or yoga or even just having like a really nice bath or something um, that can make you feel good or maybe like itch, itch the um, athletic, uh, what am I trying to say? Scratch the athletic itch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, for doing something. Or even like doing some weights or something a bit different. Yeah. You know what I do usually when I don't feel 100% of my shape in order to, you know, it's not the same thing, but actually can be something that I can plan on that. Uh, I know that I want to go out with a, uh, for a ride because I know that actually it helps me when I'm feeling, I don't know, a bit sick or uh, not so good in the perfect mood of doing it or whatever. I just set up a ride that has some plan B's. So, I mean, a bit more of backups in order to come back earlier, a bit more of situation where I go close by station so I can come back with the train or loops where I can actually cut to come back early. Something like planning instead of only a one-way eight hours ride, several ways that actually I can start and go to the point that I want to go, but I can do it with the train or I can do it by, I can do a shorter one of three hours instead of eight and all this kind of thing. Yeah. And because at the end of the day, you don't need to be rough with yourself when you're not feeling at the best. Yeah. That sounds like a really good plan. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Uh, we tackled actually here a lot of what to do during the period and which one of the practical solutions you talked a lot about super amazing thing i don't know the menstrual cup mm. also the application and uh, um, a lot of things that are really going in the solution of 
you can still do whatever you want if you feel like during your period. Yeah. Just keep an eye on a couple of things that actually can fix a problem or can actually give you an alternative of what you are doing. Yeah, absolutely. And still talking about that, out of your uh, personal experience, mm-hmm. What do you usually, you told us a lot already about that, yeah. but which one is usually your behavior during your period that you continue riding or if you are in a bikepacking trip or you are planning to do it, if it's going to come during your menstrual period, you're doing it anyways. How do act and react in this yeah, kind of situation? Personally, um, I think I've had one of those years and I maybe don't plan enough in advance where Every single one of my trips seems to have fallen on my period. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, I could have perhaps planned my holidays better. Um, but I guess time like that, whether it's a bikepacking tour or a holiday, to me, that's really precious time. Um, I'm lucky that I don't find that my periods affect me to the point where I can't do anything. Um, so mm-hmm. I try and just carry on. Um, and one example... It's quite a funny one. Um, it was in September. We did a tour called Second City Divide. Um, so that's Manchester up to Glasgow off-road over six days. And um, it was the first tour I've done in a long time without my partner. And I went with two friends, Tudor and Callum. Um, <laughs> so with two guys. And I think I must have started like the day we left or something. And uh, I had my menstrual cup with me. So that was really fine. I had everything I needed. Um, I don't think I told them because I didn't want to gross them out. And they'll probably be listening to this now being like, oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was absolutely fine. Um, I perhaps could have told them, sound a bit hypocritical now, you know, this is where I'm at. I might be a bit sluggish. I might, I might cry. I did cry at one point, but that's because of something a bit different. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. Feeling a bit emotional um and it was really great because we we weren't in any rush if I said I need to go and pee I'd go off with my water bottle or whatever sort myself out um and come back and we'd carry on um no loads of loos along the route and things as well so that was fine um and yeah that's just been how it's happened all year really um one thing that I wanted to mention um Mm -hmm that I haven't done before was free bleeding. Oh, okay. This is pretty self-explanatory. It just means not using any of those tools and just like bleeding into your pants, for example. Um, It's usually referred to as a bit of like symbolism and protest. So um, if you Googled it, for example, you'd find um, menstruating people on a march in London, for example, um, with blood like evident on their trousers. Um, and I've spoken to a few people about this and one person that gave some feedback on about their own personal experiences mentioned free bleeding into their chamois. And I was so taken aback by their, their honesty because to so many people, it sounds, I think it could sound gross, (laughs) but actually it's not like your chamois is just a thick spongy pad, right? And no different to those wearable pants that you can wash out and I actually had it a couple of years ago on a tour where I didn't realize I was going to start my period halfway through it and we were miles from anywhere or any shops and so I spent a day bleeding into my chamois Um, and whilst it maybe didn't smell the nicest it was fine and we got to I think a youth hostel at the end of the day I gave them a really thorough wash in the shower and they were fine for the next day Um, so I just wanted to mention that to try and again, break down this stigma and just say like, it's totally fine. You don't need to be embarrassed about things like that happening. You can just bleed into your chamois if you want to, um, like spillages will happen. (laughs) None of these, um, devices are perfect. Um, and just not, not to be too embarrassed which is easier said than done I guess and it'll probably help the more that we talk about it and 
and try and educate people on it. No, yeah, it makes really a lot of sense. Actually, uh, visualizing it in this way, there's nothing really, you're not doing nothing wrong. And yeah. as you were actually stressing at the beginning of this talk, it's actually, it's, it's not a symptom, but actually it shows that your body is working perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. And like, as I sort of alluded to before, um, and again, this is very personal, um, I had a period in my life where I didn't have periods for six months because I had an eating problem and I essentially didn't have enough nutrients in my body that to, to, to maintain all of my normal functions. So it was like, oh, well, you don't need to have kids anytime soon if you can't even look after yourself. So we'll just get rid of that part of your body. Um, so even though periods can feel really inconvenient <laughs> and sometimes a bit painful, make you feel a bit rough is is it's a part of life and it's like so many people are really lucky to have it um and to have perfectly functioning bodies that means that should you wish to you can have children in the future and it's it's easy to curse them and be like oh bloody period <laughs> but actually it's it's really something special yeah usually also there it kicks in my profession it's usually something like these are thoughts that actually are going to come probably uh, at the different st stage of your life when you are probably you were too busy on your life, on your sport, on your career or on your also probably, I don't know, your couple life was not the best. And then in this period, you're saying, ah, oh, okay, come on, this, uh, the period, ah, oh, such a stressful thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly today that I wanted to go to vacation or whatever. And then you are in a different period of your life. And actually you're then saying, ah, oh, if we would have take care of myself a bit more, or if I would consider this thing, it's a bit in a different way. Actually, probably now my, yeah, fertility life would have been different. Mm. But... The point is that also on the other side that actually don't blame anybody on that apart from probably uh, life and society. If the both of the gender would carry this kind of uh, thing and task, I would say, together without just putting all the pressure on women's shoulder, then everything would be yeah, a bit different, a bit, a bit better and a bit easier for the all of us. I mean, the all of us. Really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Just want to ask you the last couple of things of this amazing conversation. But first of all, I want to make a small comment on the application that you were talking about before, the fitter woman. That's right. So it's uh, F I T R women fitter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like an amazing, really, application where really you are putting together, uh, yeah, period and sports, really women's health and sport together and that's really an amazing thing because this is actually an effect as well on uh, on really how the period uh, women's period that is actually influencing as well performances and uh, your body and uh, your fitness and everything and the let's say the earlier we are gonna get into these kind of feelings the better it's gonna be as well for everything about something like using also your hormonal cycle and everything also we for your life and for everything you are doing that's a pretty good thing and actually i'm seeing that they have also an amazing blog that you can read if you want and that's also amazing yeah it's really amazing and it's all like evidence-backed um it's run by a woman who's doing a lot of research i think it was with st mary's college um in london and they've actually done a huge survey in association with strava into um menstruating athletes um and some really fascinating um results from that um i'd have to go back to the article to find exactly the number but it was about the um the, the vast majority of athletes who've ever been coached haven't been consulted about their period and and and, and their cycle and i'm <laughs> by no means a professional athlete but I have been coached in the past um and looking back I wasn't and actually that could have been really helpful um I used a, a coaching method that was like three weeks building and then one week slightly less to sort of recover and make gains um and actually just orientating that one um lower intensity week 
around the week that I have my PMS before my period would be really handy, but I'd never even thought about that. Um, so this period, I think, um, sorry, this app is just really good, not only in, in making yourself mindful and learning about your own period, because that's something that actually takes a bit of time, but um, in giving you some really good training and nutrition advice based on what phase of the cycle you're in. I'd really recommend checking it out, yeah. Yeah, great, great. Um, last couple of things, really. So um, after, so actually everything started with yourself, wanted to write about that and writing things on the social media. Then you actually received a lot of feedback and uh, replies to your Instagram stories, to your social media um, yeah, posts and thing. And then you also put a lot of these part of this feedback also into your article in general how does how did it how was it how was actually the response of the people on that what people told you about the period you gave us already something like a sneak peek on that but yeah. how big and of which, type, of which type was the response of people on your self-interest on writing this article i mean it was huge it was absolutely huge and i was <laughs> overwhelmed to be honest i had a some notes on my computer and I couldn't keep up with the number of um, direct messages I was getting and from all over the world and all different types of riders from bike messengers, bike packers to some, some really, um, really established and well-known races as well, which was awesome. Um, so it's so cool to get that massive overview of different voices because that's what's so important. If one person were to write that um, article, then it's just going to be, not necessarily the opinion, but just from one perspective. Um, and I was really lucky to have my best friend Adeline um, work on it with me. So she's done some really cute illustrations, um, which I think really helped lighten the mood. <laughs> um, also, just to share her experience um, and, and make sure that everything that I'd written sort of made sense was really handy. Um, and, you know, People want to talk about it. They want to share their experiences, but I don't think for the most part, there's this space where they feel comfortable doing it. And it's, <laughs> it's so obvious. Um, I've been on a number of women only rides, whether it's mountain biking, road cycling, and you can literally have like a bingo sheet <laughs> of topics that are gonna come up because I don't think a lot of menstruating people are comfortable talking about it amongst mixed groups um and there'll be like the contraception square and there'll be uh, the period square and then there'll be a load of other really funny things which are a bit unrelated um people want to talk about it they just need a platform or space or acceptance um so yeah i had loads of responses loads of non-menstruating people loads of guys getting in touch saying this is great. I want to hear about it. So I'm really, really stoked on it. And again, thank you for, for chatting about it today. No, every time, every time. I really feel pretty close to this kind of topic as all the time that I'm talking about that. And actually, I can actually completely... It happens really, really a lot of time that I'm sitting on table of people that, I don't know, dining with people that just I just met because friends of a friend or yeah. friends of my girlfriend or whatever. And then it's myself without telling to anybody which one is my job that i start talking about um i don't know something like periods and fertility health and this and that and usually men more than women are pretty shocked about myself talking of with so much confidence about things that they never probably heard anything from anybody and especially from their i don't know friends male friends and uh so all the time that we can take all this conversation, I think it's pretty important because I was, as I was saying, until we are not carrying all together this part of the health and of the life of everybody and just putting the pressure on women's shoulder, then we are not going to solve anything, I think, in any kind of thing. Yeah. And political-wise, social-wise, media-wise, everywhere. So I'm all the time super happy to talk about that because it's a topic that we need to talk a bit more. And only in this way we can really try, we can really break any 
wall that is behind on the step of something like equality between woman and man. And I found so many awesome things through doing this research as well. I've tried to really stick to bikepacking and cycling on periods. Somebody was telling me about this amazing scheme in Scotland where they're trying to end period poverty and the shocking number of school aged children that don't go to school because they're on their period and they can't afford tampons or towels or cups. Um, and this state or charity funded body that are giving out menstrual cups because they're totally reusable, which is great, um, to these school aged children or, or young women to end that. And I, you just take it for granted um, that something so basic as, as tools to manage your period you can afford. Um, and there's so many awesome um, campaigners, initiatives out there. Um, perhaps I could give you a little list of like further reading uh, mm -hmm. to put along with the podcast. Yeah. Because there's some, some really interesting stuff out there if anybody wants to learn any more. I probably can just name on that one thing that is actually related to another thing. I'm talking about, for example, period end of sentence this amazing documentary movie that is on Netflix. Ooh. And it talks exactly about that. And it's related to the PED project. That is exactly the thing that you were mentioning before. Something like uh, people that because they cannot have access to PEDs, and I'm talking about in India, I think it is, yeah. uh, they're not going to, to school or they're not getting their education continued because they're feeling embarrassed by that. Yeah. So these are the two things. So something like from this project, the PRED project came out, this documentary that is, uh, well, I forgot again about that, period, end of sentence, that, is really, that really wants to stress on this thing, on the thing that actually period is not illnesses. And actually because so many people don't have access to any uh, handy tools in order to, uh, to continue their own life during the period, are actually stopping on... Uh, on their normal life, on the life that everything, yeah. th th how the life must be. And that's pretty, pretty interesting. It's something that I'm going to put anyways in the description below into the list. I'm going to put actually the link to this documentary and uh, right. on the PED project homepage because it's really, really interesting. Nice one. Perfect. Well, do you want to add something, Catherine? Um, I think that's it. I think I've given away um, a lot of my personal secrets. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to just keep them here locked into... Not so many people listen to the podcast, by the way. No, you know what? It's just great to be able to share. Um, and I thank you again. And yeah, there's a lot more in the bikepacking.com article if people want to read some more. Um, and yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Thanks a lot for being here. And probably, I don't know, I'm really happy if you want to... Yeah, come back to the podcast and talk again and maybe we can take on another, another topic like this or something completely different. It was really an amazing source of knowledge coming from yourself. Oh, you I don't really know about see. that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can see actually on how much you research about the topic, how actually you were interested on that and how cool is the article that everybody out there you need to read on backpacking.com. Great. Thank you very much, Stefano. Thank you, Catherine. I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Ciao. How did it sound like? I think it was amazing and I'm pretty stoked that I have had this conversation with Catherine about this topic. And I truly believe that her article on bikepacking.com got the perfect traction that it deserved. Well, it was really great and really... Even if it can sound a bit silly for you people out there that a man is talking about menstruation periods, and fertility and everything like this, I think it's really not. Because this is something that should go out from the taboo corner where we put it. So let's continue to talk about that. Let's continue to share the voice. Let's continue to share Catherine articles and also this podcast and just continue to have a talk about that. And I truly believe that just with unlocking the knowledge of uh, menstruations and menstrual cups and tampons, and everything like that, we can really unlock everything that we need in order to get a proper culture, a proper education on something that is pretty normal. And we can also try to unlock the gender equality that we all need, even in countries that are a bit 
conservative like a couple that I really know. I don't want to get political at all, but I really want to thank you, thanks Catherine, for the amazing chat that we had, thanks to Adeline for the amazing illustrations, and thanks you to have been listening to that. Well, people, as I was saying, I'm pretty stoked. And anyways, I'm gonna close our conversation right now, right here. Just remember that if you want to support me, just go to iTunes, Spotify, or whatever you think it's better for you to listen to this podcast and subscribe to it. And remember to rate and review this podcast wherever you can do it. Apart from that, thanks again also to Open and to Andy Kessler for the amazing support that he's giving to me in this season of the podcast and uh, what else thanks again and talk to you soon bye